what are the environmental quality credits and which ones are available for exemplary performance? Well, there's two min, uh, prerequisites and they're minimum indoor air quality and environmental tobacco smoke control. And so if you had a blimp, the minimum requirement is that it's not leaking and if it's made of hydrogen that, that people aren't smoking uh, near a leak. All right, so the rest of them. Know that there are four credits that have to do with IAQ, indoor air quality. There's minimum enhanced construction management plan and assessment. So again, think of a blimp. The minimum requirement for the blimp we already talked about is that it holds air, there's no major leaks. And we, already, we talked about the other prerequisites. And then the first credit is enhanced IAQ strategies. And then construction IAQ man plan. And I have some, uh, as you try to create a visual story, and I have a construction worker going up to work on a blimp, whatever. Um, and then assessment, I, I don't know, construction. Those IAQs, there's not very many credits left. There's four IAQs. Um, we already talked about the second prereq, which is environmental uh, smoke, uh, tobacco smoke control. And then the second credit is low, low emitting materials, which, you know, all right, now just go back and start thinking about a building. What are the things that you need in a building? You know, you have air moving around and there's, those are all the IAQs. You have paint, you don't want VOCs. So I guess I'm kind of thinking of a blimp and then also just kind of thinking of a building. Um, so low emitting materials is the second credit. And then uh, three and four, we already talked about where the IAQs, the man plan and the assessment. And then five, six, seven, and eight are just, you know, if you're taking a blimp ride, you would what, what would you care about as far as your comfort? What would a rich snob care about? Their thermal comfort, uh, you know, if you want to read a newspaper, you need lighting or daylighting, you know, you'd want quality views and acoustic performance. All right, which of those are eligible for exemplary performance? You've got enhanced strategies, low emitting materials. How can you remember the uh, exceptional credits? Well, at one point of time, a blimp was an enhanced strategy. It was a new strategy for spying on your enemies. And you had to find a fabric that had low emitting, it was a low emitting material and it allowed you to have quality views of your enemy. How do you get exemplary performance for enhanced indoor air quality strategies? Well, the indoor air quality strategies categories are kind of odd. Option one is enhanced indoor air quality strategies, and option two is additional enhanced um, air quality strategies. And there's a lot of duplication between the, all, both of these op options. Um, so both options have uh, mechanical ventilation uh, situations and natural ventilation situations and mixed mode ventilation systems. The enhanced environmental quality has entry system uh, things to, to prevent contamination, interior cross-contamination options and filtration, and then those get, get duplicated in different ways for uh, natural ventilation and mixed mode. And similarly, similarly for additional enhanced, they have exterior contamination prevention, increased ventilation, carbon dioxide monitoring, additional source control monitoring. So, uh, and then those get different approaches with natural and mixed mode. So back to the initial question, how do you get the exemplary performance? Well, you do all of that. Um, where <clears throat> for the second one, you don't have to do everything. You just pick one. Well, if you want exemplary performance, you have to pick another of the options related to carbon dioxide monitoring or ventilation, room by room calcs or... So anyways, there's a bunch of different ways of doing it. And that's that. What defines indoor versus outdoor? Well, it's your relationship to the waterproofing membrane. What do v VOCs cause? Obstructive pul uh, pulmonary disease, chronic, uh, that was chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, asthma and cancer. Is a powder coated material inherently non-emitting from a VOC standpoint. How about concrete, glass, 
anodized metal, metal, clay, brick. Yep, all of those. For low emitting materials, the first option is not the budget option. It's the percent component product category calculations. And there's different tables, um, but there's a general emission evaluation. And this requires products to be tested and determined compliant in accordance with what standard? California Department of Public Health CDPH standard method V1.1. Oh my gosh. All right, what organ, organization determines VOC content requirements for wet applied products? Um, they must also meet the general emission evaluation requirements and additionally meet the applicable limits of California Air Resource CARB 2007 suggested control measures for architectural coatings or the South Coast Air Quality Management District SQUACMD Rule 1113-1113 South Coast Air Quality Management District. Uh, all right, how about wood? Is California going to dominate all three? Well, they composite wood products should have a low formaldehyde formaldehyde emissions, and they almost also must meet the California Air Resource Board for formaldehyde requirements. All right, how about furniture? It's not a California. It's what? Uh, ANSI slash BIFMA standard method M7.1 and ANSI slash BIFMA E3-2011 furniture st uh, sustainability standard 7.6.1 and 7.6.2. I better not have to remember all of these stupid things. Additional insulation requirements. Um, it's only applicable for healthcare and schools, and the bat insulation should not contain formaldehyde. And exterior applied products for lead building design and construction healthcare and schools only just like the previous one sealants adhesives roofings coatings and waterproof material applied on site should meet let's see if it's california voc limits of california air resource board 2007 suggested control measures for architectural coatings and ooh, is it going to be a south coast yes it is south coast air quality management district rule number oh yeah it's also in the thousands rule number 1168 for low emitting materials what are the product categories and their thresholds. Interior paint and coating applied on site, and it's 90%. Interior adhesives and sealants applied on site, also 90%. At least 90% by volume should comply with general emission evaluations. 100% should comply with the VOC content requirements. The same for the previous one, interior paints. Flooring, 100% should apply, apply. Composite wood, 100% should comply. Um, ceiling, walls, thermal and acoustic insulation, 100%. Furniture, at least 90% by cost should comply. Include in calculation of part of scope of work. Healthcare and schools only. Exterior applied products. At least 90% should it comply by volume. All right, for option two, you can do a budget calculation method instead of the product category calculation method. They're both good for one to three points. And what are the six category uh, component types? Uh, flooring, ceiling, walls. So floor, just look down, look to the side, and look to the look up, look down, look up into walls. And then thermal and acoustic insulation within the walls. Furniture. Um, it should be included in the scope of work, otherwise excluded. And exterior applied products, uh, and that's only applicable for schools and healthcare. What components or indoor environmental elements need to be addressed by a hospital's indoor air quality management plan? Well, hospitals have to have, you know, when you're talking about COVID and uh, other diseases, um, infection control. And that includes moisture, like Legionnaire's disease and other diseases that need moisture to survive. And something else that's related to health is tobacco. And um, next you got VOCs, which are like tobacco can cause cancer. Then particulates, I guess germs might ride on particulates. Who knows? Uh, outdoor emissions, I guess those are emissions from outdoors. Um, and it doesn't really seem to fit with the rest of them as far as air quality, but noise and vibration is the last. What is the standard that is referenced by the construction indoor air quality management plan? Well, it's SMACNA. What does SMACNA stand for? It's sheet metal and air conditioning, National Contractors Association. 
what category should be addressed for a construction indoor air quality management plan? Well, you've got HVAC protection, source control, pathway interruption, housekeeping, and scheduling. So all project managers need to do schedule. Housekeeping is a frequent safety topic, and I'm not sure exactly how it would improve indoor air quality. So it's gonna be harder to remember. Maybe it's like mud on your boots. When they say pathway interruption, I'm assuming it's uh, contaminant pathway interruption, which is basically the same thing as source control, except pathway interruption is probably from like one from outside to inside, where source control can be like VOCs and stuff like that. And then, uh, so, and during construction, there's uh, sanding and sprays and, and all of that stuff. So it makes sense to try to protect the HVAC system. What do hospitals need to do differently for their EQ, environmental quality, credit three, construction, indoor air quality management plan? Well, they don't just do a construction indoor air quality management plan. They also need to do, theirs is really called a uh, environment, an EQMP, environmental quality management plan. All right, what is this EQMP, environmental quality management plan, based on? Well, it's based on SMACNA GL. Uh, SMACNA is the Sheet Metal and Air Conditioning National Association, National Contractors Association. And the FGI, Facilities Guideline Institute, GL, guideline, for what? Just say what you're doing. Construction of HVAC, I'm sorry, HC healthcare facilities. What are five daylight strategies? Well, you've got design of different things. Window design, reflectance design, room design, partition design. And so with the window design, you got window location, size, glass selection. With a room design, you can do atria, uh, clear stories, cloisteries, I don't know how to say that word, courtyards, shallow floor plates. With reflectance design, reflectance design allows daylight to bounce around inside. Um, so that's indoor reflectance design. And then you can do partition design, location of transparent, location or transparency and glazing of partitions. And the final one is, uh, I guess, WAF, window to floor area ratio. WAFLAR, yeah, WAFLAR. Window to floor area ratio based on building footprint, structural floor to floor height, and finished ceiling clearances. So I guess that's it. What are acoustic performance strategies for noise reduction? Well, you have design elements that an architect or engineer would consider. So the first design element is location or separation. You got to keep them separated. So you would put the noise causing equipment like HVAC above spaces that people aren't trying to concentrate, such as corridors and away from sensitive occupied spaces like patient's room or a classroom. So also under design, you have sound attenuation, attenuators or VAV terminal boxes when needed. And what's a VAV? It's a var variable air volume terminal box. Uh, another design function is to avoid ductwork crosstalk from one room to another. So I guess you put your ductworks further away, uh, farther away from each other so the noise doesn't crosstalk between them. And then the final uh, HVA system design Philosophy, philosophy would be to control the velocity to avoid turbulence noise. And that noise isn't too bad um, compared to some of the other noises. But yeah, I guess the rushing noise can, wind noise can be annoying after a while. So there's also part of a design, but it's more like uh, specific components, uh, specifying quieter equipment. So slower speed fan fans. Um, also part of design, but under specifying, I guess, would be isolators on rotating and vibrating equipment. And finally, duct attenuation. So whatever you can do to attenuate ducts, uh, ducts, ducts. Um, then the last thing is under maintenance, and that would be changing filters. And apparently, if you don't change the filters, I don't know if it builds up back pressure and somehow causes more noise or something. I don't know. What are the requirements for the acoustic performance credit? Well, 
This one doesn't really have an option one or an option two. There are requirements for HVAC background noise, and there's um, you just have to meet an ASHRAE standard. And then there's requirements for sound transmission. And there's a table for the sound transmission between you know this type of room and that type of room. And it's between 45 and 60. So like if you have a standard office next to another standard office, um, the sound transmission class can be 45. But if you're an occupied area um, and the a mechanical equipment room, you know it goes up to 60. Whatever. So there's a table. And then there's reverberation time. Rever reverberation. Um, there's no T. Uh, there's a, uh, you can either do a calc or a measurement for each occupied space. And then there's sound reinforcement if you're in a conference room or auditorium with more than 50 people. And then you don't have to do a masking system. It doesn't require a masking system, but if you do a masking system, it should not exceed 45 decibels. And there's a couple other little requirements. Schools have more specific requirements with references to ANSI and ASHRAE. Hospitals do have specific options. Um, option one is speech privacy, sound isolation, and background noise for one point. And you can do and or acoustic finishes and site exterior noise for an additional point. The first point addresses uh, speech privacy and uh, sound isolation. It has an FGI guideline for hospital design. And then uh, background noise again, FGI and ANSI and ASHRAE. And then option two, acoustic finishes and site exterior noise to address Heliports, generators, mechanical equipment, building services, all that stuff. What are the strategies for addressing acoustic performance? Well, first you have to think about the categories. What what types of noise are you concerned about? And um, so, for example, mechanical, uh, medical noises, and then you you've got to prioritize who are we trying to protect. And so, you know, are you trying to protect the patients, uh, the patients from each other? Uh, then you separate. You got to keep them separated. So. You can separate the hospital patient rooms from the treatment rooms, from the media rooms, whatever those are, from the staff rooms, uh, if you're trying to limit the noise. And then barriers. Uh, so there's partial height barriers in open spaces, uh, open floor plans, uh, isolation, enclosed, isolating barriers in enclosed plan areas, interior vision, if you're trying to let sunlight in still, close, close fit doors with gaskets, you know, these are all ways of presenting, preventing sound from making it through things. And then you do sound absorbing finishes. Um, it's another strategy. And then finally, there's ambient background noise or ele electronic masking that can be used. What are the requirements for the acoustic performance credit? Well, this one doesn't really have an option one or an option two. There are requirements for HVAC background noise, and there's um, you just have to meet an ASHRAE standard. And then there's requirements for sound transmission. And there's a table for the sound transmission between you know this type of room and that type of room. And it's between 45 and 60. So like if you have a standard office next to another standard office, um, the sound transmission class can be 45. But if you're an occupied area um, and the a mechanical equipment room, you know it goes up to 60. Whatever. So there's a table. And then there's reverberation time. Rever rever reverberation. Um, there's no T. Uh, there's a, uh, you can either do a calc or a measurement for each occupied space. And then there's sound reinforcement if you're in a conference room or auditorium with more than 50 people. And then you don't have to do a masking system. It doesn't require a masking system, but if you do a masking system, it should not exceed 45 decibels. And there's a couple other little requirements. Schools have more specific requirements with references to ANSI and ASHRAE. Hospitals do have specific options. Um, option one is speech privacy, sound isolation, and background noise for one point, and you can do and or acoustic finishes and site exterior noise for an additional point. The first point addresses uh, speech privacy and uh, sound isolation. It has an FGI guideline for hospital 
design. And then uh, background noise again, FGI and ANSI and ASHRAE, and then option two, acoustic finishes and side exterior noise to address heliports, generators, mechanical equipment, building services, all that stuff.